Hey, let's talk about Daniel today. I'll be right back. Blessings to you and welcome to Walk in the Word. I'm your host, Robin Boone, and I am so, so glad that you joined me. Walk in the Word is a podcast where we are learning to live according to the Word of God. The Word of God is our roadmap for living for the Christian life. As Cindy Trim puts it, it is my life strategy. I love the Word. And I love what it is doing and has done in my life. And I pray that these episodes, that this podcast has blessed you and is helping you to dig into and to dive deep into the word of God. Amen. Let's get started. We are talking about Daniel today, and we are in Daniel chapter six. I'm going to read and talk, read and talk, uh, and just let you know, just share with you some things that I've observed as um, I read this chapter and as uh, the Holy Spirit has given to me. So I want to share with you. So Daniel chapter six, Darius decided, I'm on verse one to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom stationed throughout the realm and over them three administrators, including Daniel. Now, let me stop right there. Darius was the king and satraps were governors and some of the responsibilities of the satraps were they collected taxes They were the supreme judicial authority over whatever region they were placed. They were in charge of internal security and they raised and maintained armies. All right, so they were over the kingdom. He appointed 120, so in their different areas, they were over those. And then, so that the satraps would not defraud the kingdom, collecting taxes, bribes, those kind of things, you know, falsely representing the kingdom. The king appointed three administrators over them and the satraps were accountable to the administrators. Daniel being one of them was actually a Hebrew This was a Gentile kingdom, yet God appointed, God through Darius appointed Daniel in a very, very high leadership position over those of the land. Okay, so Daniel distinguished himself in verse three above the administrators, the other two administrators and the satraps because he had an extraordinary or excellent spirit. So the king planned to set him, Daniel, over the whole realm. So Daniel had such an excellent spirit within him that the king was going to <clears throat> excuse me, appoint him even over the other administrators and all the satraps. Now, 
this was not acceptable to the satraps, to Daniel's fellow administrators, to anyone in leadership, it was not acceptable. Daniel was what they call a come here, but he didn't come there on his own. He was brought there. He was um, one of the Jews who had been carried away captive, yet God continued to elevate Daniel because Daniel stayed true. So what I want to start with is that we cannot shrink back in the prevailing culture. So we don't let the prevailing culture or the prevailing world system cause us to fear or to be intimidated and cause us to shrink back from our faith walk with Christ. Because pressure is real, fear is real, but we are required. We are mandated to stand up and to be who God has called us to be, his children. All right, so the king had planned to set him over the whole realm. And then what happens is, I'm not going to read all of this, but it's amazing because what happens next is once they find out that the king is about to just set Daniel over everything, Once they find that out, they begin to set a trap for Daniel. And when I read this, the first words that came to me were satanic strategy. It was a satanic strategy to destroy, to destroy Daniel. So they began to find, to try to find something. And this was very, very convicting for me because what they said was, what the word of God says in part of the fourth verse, let me just read the fourth verse. The administrators and satraps, therefore, kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but they could find no charge or corruption for he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was found in him. Daniel was excellent. He operated in the spirit of excellence. He honored God with how he governed, how he lived his life. It wasn't just in public, but in private. And when I say this convicted me, it caused me to search within myself and say, wow, would I be able to be found of God or found of the people to be trustworthy and without blemish? Would I, not perfect, but would I be able to be found with no negligence and no corruption. This scripture right here should cause us to go within and say, wow, Lord, search me, search my heart. And that's what I've been doing with this. Okay, so we're going to move on. So they couldn't find a charge against him, right? In his natural life and his, in his public and private life, he lived above reproach. So they said, 
Well, since we can't find anything against him, then we have to find something against him concerning the law of his God. So now they come in form. Okay, I'm serious. The, the enemy is coming for Daniel in his walk. In his faith walk. So what they did was since they couldn't find anything against Daniel, they went to the king. This is the satanic strategy. They went to the king and they said, hey, king. What we would like you to do is establish an ordinance and enforce it for 30 days that anyone who petitions any God or man except you, the king, will be thrown into the lion's den. Now we all, I said lion's den, so we're all like, yay, lion's den, I know that story. So these men, these satraps, these governors, uh, these administrators, they went to the king, they, they, they presented their satanic strategy. And because the king operated in pride and had a really serious ego, he said, hey, let's do that. People don't worship me. They don't pray to me. Oh, yeah. I don't even want them to ask an opinion of another person. They have to come to me. For 30 days, this is in force. And if no, if people don't comply, they will be thrown into the lion's den. So the king, Darius, he goes ahead, approves it. Um, and it, he approves it. He signs it. He seals it. The king cannot reverse what has been decreed. All right. Okay, I'm going to move this along. So. Daniel learned, now I'm I'm moving on in in chapter 6 of Daniel. Now I'm on verse 10. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went into his house. The windows in its upstairs room opened toward Jerusalem. Toward Jerusalem. Remember I told you he's in captivity. And three, so he's not in Jerusalem, but his window is facing Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees prayed and gave thanks to his God just as he had done before. All right, here we go. Daniel, knowing what has been decreed, because he is up there at the top with everyone else, knowing what has been decreed by the king cannot be reversed. Knowing the risk that he is taking by praying to his God, remember the, the edict or the ordinance is no one can petition or pray to any God or man except the king or they'll be thrown in the lion's den. So Daniel, but Daniel, you know, he does what is customary for him. He doesn't back down. Remember, I said that we are not to let the prevailing culture cause us to to be intimidated and shrink back from our faith walk in Christ. Daniel, even under pressure, even under the fear of losing his life, and not just losing his life, but losing his life in a terrible, terrible, unimaginable way, being torn apart by lions, he 
continued his walk, his faith walk. He did not back down. He, He didn't even pray once a day or twice a day. He did exactly what he had been doing all along. When the pressure comes, when the enemy threatens you, and when he threatens me, what do we do? Do we back up? Or do we continue to press in and do what we have always done? Read the word, study the word, pray, seek him, attend services, attend worship, be a part of a church. Spread the word of God, spread the love of God. Or do we back up in fear and intimidation? Intimidation is a powerful force of the enemy. It's a powerful force. But our God is all powerful. And he has given us of himself by his Holy Spirit through Christ. We have the power to stand even when intimidation and fear present themselves to us. As an example, David, we take his example. He got down on his knees. He prayed. His windows were open. Listen, it says his windows were open. He didn't close the windows. He didn't put shutters up. He didn't put, uh, (laughs) he didn't take, um, let's put it in today's uh, terminology. He didn't put blackout curtains on his windows so people couldn't see him. He was wide open with it. He was not ashamed. The scripture talks about us not being ashamed of Paul, not being ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation. To those who believe, to the Jew, to the Gentile, it is the power of God to salvation. Daniel didn't back down, even under pressure. And yeah, this is something for us to think about because, I mean, would we back down? Would I back down? We really don't know what we would do. But if we have established and grounded and settled ourselves into our relationship with Christ, into our relationship with the Holy Spirit, then when the pressure comes, And when the threatenings come and when the satanic strategy has been loosed against us, we will do what is our custom. Go to God. Cry out before God. Trust God. Continue. Not back up. Because there are some of us, so many of us, who have been through so much and we've decided hey this this Christian thing is not for me it's too much it's too heavy but in reality God did not promise us daisies and flowers and roses maybe roses because roses have thorns but you know what I'm saying fields of flowers and dreamy times and no he didn't promise us that he said that we would suffer persecution but when we suffer with him with Christ 
The Bible says we will also reign, R-E-I-G-N, with Christ. We have authority and we are to take courage. That word, that statement keeps resonating with me uh, as I think about the message that our pastor preached on this past Sunday on January 1st, 2023. Take courage. Use the authority. Walk in the authority that God has given to you and to me. All right. So what happens is, and a lot of us know this story, these men, they found, they they went looking for Daniel because they knew, they already knew what Daniel did. They knew what his custom was. So they went, they found him as he normally was at the same times he would normally pray. And they took that to the king and they said, whoa, God, the king, didn't you say that uh, anybody petitions any other God within 30 days, they would have to be any God or, or, or another human being, they would have to be thrown into the lion's den. The king says, as the law of the Medes and the Persians, the order stands and is irrevocable. It cannot be reversed. Then what they did was, oh, but king, listen, your administrator, one of your administrators, Daniel, this Judean exile has ignored you. He prays three times a day. The king, the Bible says when he heard this, he was very displeased. He was not displeased with Daniel at this point. He was displeased because he realized that the satanic strategy, his eyes were opened to the satanic strategy. And he knew then, oh my, I have done it now. These men were setting Daniel up. They were setting Daniel up. So he, the king is like, oh no. And the Bible says in verse 14, as soon as the king heard this, he was very displeased and he set his mind on rescuing Daniel and made every effort until sundown to deliver him. So the king, once he found out of this strategy, God opened his eyes to once the men came and said, oh, it's Daniel doing this. The king knew that they were trying to set Daniel up and destroy him satanic strategy he tried to deliver him but the men came back that night and said king you cannot get out of this you already know you cannot reverse your decision so under great distress the king gave the order they brought Daniel and they threw him into the lions then check out what the king says in verse 16 the king said to Daniel may your God whom you continually serve rescue you you know what I saw in that I saw a prayer by a heathen I saw a prayer by the Gentile he prayed even though you know we just look at it and say may your God whom you know King Darius he didn't even know it he prayed that God would rescue Daniel and then they brought a stone, they, they placed it over the mouth of the den so Daniel couldn't escape. The king sealed that stone with his own ring and with the rings of the other nobles. 
so that nothing in regard to Daniel could be changed. The king, he went to his palace. He could not sleep. They could not comfort him. They could not give him anything. He didn't even want it. He could not sleep all night. And I believe that he prayed all night, not knowing God, but he knew that there was no one that could rescue Daniel, but God. And when the dawn came at the first sign of light. The king hurried to the where the lion's den was. He reached the den. He cried out, Daniel, servant of the living God. Darius's heart had changed overnight because the first thing he said before Daniel went to the lion's den, when he said, he said, may your God rescue you. Now he says in front of this, he says, may the servant of Daniel, servant of the living God. This is the king who doesn't know God. Now he says, Daniel, servant of the living God. Then he says, he goes into, has your God whom you continually serve been able to rescue you? And guess what happens? We all know Daniel spoke (laughs) and he said, God sent his angels, shut the lion's mouths, and they haven't harmed me for I was found innocent before him and also before you. So let me tell you this, and I'm going to close after this. Don't shrink back. Don't back down because God has a blessing. Even if you end up being in the presence of God through the taking of your life, you have laid it down. Be encouraged. Do not back down. And this is for me too. This is definitely for me because we don't know what we're going to be faced with from day to day, moment by moment. And it can be scary. It can be fearful. But when we are faced, as I said before, with and when a satanic strategy is loosed against us, what are we going to do? If we have not customarily been before God, if we have not customarily prayed, sought God, attended worship services, done what he called us to do, share our story, share the gospel, talk to people about him, share our testimonies and and witness the goodness of God. If we have not done those as our custom, when the pressure comes, it will be very easy to back up and shrink back and give up. But we are not of that kind, are we? We are of the stock of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are chosen, called out, anointed, appointed, equipped, empowered to live this life, even with the prevailing culture telling us we need, as Christians, to be quiet. We need to live life in a corner so we don't affect change so we don't bring conviction by our lives Mm. no God bless Daniel now every Christian doesn't come out on the other side like Daniel did but we all come out on the other side like Daniel did if you get what I'm saying because whether it is to whether we live or we die We are always in the presence of the Lord, always. For me to live is Christ, 
To die is gain. Either way, we win. Either way. We are winners. We are more than conquerors. Through Christ who loved us, gave himself as a ransom for us. This is the last thing. That satanic strategy backfired on those men. Not only did they get thrown in the lion's den, because the king was furious. He already knew it had been a setup. And God moved in Darius's life to the point where Darius proclaimed that everyone in the kingdom under his reign had to fear and to worship the living God. But before that decree, he had all of the men, their children and their wives. I know, I know, why would God do such? Listen, Satan does not care about you and he doesn't care about me. He doesn't even care about the sinner. He does not care. His whole thing is to steal, kill, and destroy everyone. Everyone. There is no one outside of his view that he doesn't want to steal, kill, and steal from, kill, and destroy. No one. No one is exempt. Not even a Satanist. They are not even exempt because eventually he's going to destroy them unless they repent and turn to the living God. All right, this has gotten long, so thank you so much for listening. I just want to encourage you, hang in there, continue to serve God. And if you are faltering on the fence, you know, one foot in and one foot out, get your get both feet in and stay there. All right, find a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, Holy Ghost-filled church. Get there. Get in your word. Talk to the Lord. He's right there. All right, if you don't know him, hey, hit me up. Walk in the word with Robin at gmail.com. Leave me a voice message if you are listening on Spotify or Anchor. Catch me on social media, Walk in the Word with Robin, and we will talk. God bless you. It's been a privilege and an honor. I love you. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, let this word, let what you have shared with me reach the hearts of those who are listening. Effect change. Help us all to stand, even when it's hard, even when the pressure comes, even when the intimidation is real. God, I pray that you would help us. You've already given us all we need. So help us to trust you that we can stand and we will. And we will honor you and you will bless your people for honoring you. And you will even reach out and bless the sinner unto salvation. We've learned in this lesson, we've learned in this lesson that your compassion and your love is for every human being. So we thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a good day. I love you. Bye.